Have you fallen down the cottage industry rabbit hole yet? Well, if not, buckle up, Alice, and click on over to the description in the show notes and sign up. Then you can get ready for the most fun induction into the cult of all things yarn and fiber. This will include, but not limited to, free yarn, free ebooks, patterns, coupons, and much more. You don't want to miss out. listening to Crime Coffee and Crafts, a podcast featuring two crafty besties who love true crime and a good cup of joe. Hey amateur sleuths, I'm Kristen and I'm Heidi. Welcome back Woo-hoo. to Crime Coffee and Crafts. Yay! Coming at you hard and fast. Yay! Woo. <laughs> um we should we should do a laugh track. A clapping. <laughs> okay. Like all the other podcasts that I follow now have those soundboards, and I'm like, I want one of those. Yeah. Except that, although we make some pretty good sounds in, ourselves. In one of them, it's really funny because one of the hosts keeps accidentally like kicking one with her foot. <laughs> 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 and it's really funny. Yeah. But, um, it's really extra funny when it's like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Let the laughter stop because. In Here's true, a terrifying tale. In true Heidi fashion, I've brought you a really fucked up case. But before we get to that, let's get to our coffee of the week. Mm. Um, also, I have to point out the fact that y'all. We've been podcasting for a fucking year. Yes. We did it. Okay. And we love it. It's fun. Yes. So I have a very special coffee today from our friends over at TBD. Oh, I love them. And because uh, I had only sent you coffee from them, minus the duck, the patriarchy. You're the oh. only one that had had their coffee. <laughs> and I was like, I really oh. need to order some for myself. Yeah. So I got myself their pumpkin spice coffee. Oh, and look it's at that. I love that. The artwork. Well done, gorgeous. guys. Well so, done. Yeah. I'll be sharing. I don't think I shared a picture of this yet, even though I, I definitely took one. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it was up. I didn't. I think I've just been like. There's been a lot. There's a lot going um, on. So yeah, uh, my craft this week. I have a couple of them. First, I want to show off this dye work that I did. Oh, it's a sparkly that is fiber. really pretty. And the theme for this is Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, nice. Or, this is actually for Aaron over at Crafty Housewife Yarns. Nice, nice. Um, which is the promo at the beginning of the episode. Yes. And we love Erin. She yes. is great. Erin, we love you. She she is a listener. She is a listener. I oh, know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big and time. 
She rocks. Okay. So I've also been working on, I've got this one made, these making necklaces and earrings and keychains. Love, love. With, this is an acrylic charm. I got these from Sticker Mule. Hello. Amazing. Hello, Sticker Mule. We love you. Yes. And it's my new logo, but I also got these acrylic charms with Kristen's artwork on them. Nice. Yep. And it's the mannequin. I love those little toadstools. Yes, they're so freaking cute. They're like (laughs) adorable. And also, since mushrooms are like so popular right now. Yeah. In, you know, everything. There are the cutest shower curtains. Oh, really? On Amazon right now. Yeah. Which have like mushrooms and flowers and they're very like... Oh, um, yeah, whimsical. I think I might need one, even yeah. though I'll just hold on to it until I have my own personal bathroom. Until you get that all remodeled and resorted. Yeah. So, yes, ma'am. Yeah. So I'm covering the Halloween killer. Oh. Um. Which is also the murder of Lisa Ann French. That name sounds familiar. It's really sad. Oh. Um, Trigger warnings. I hope everybody's prepared. Violent rape of a child Mm -mm. and murder of a child. Um, Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get down to this terrible story. Uh, let's see. Lisa was born in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Oh, Oshkosh. Wisconsin. Oshkosh bagosh. Yeah, my favorite. <laughs> On June 2nd, 1964, to Alan French and Marianne Gehrig. I did see her last name spelled Gehring in some spots and Gehrig okay. in others. So hopefully one of those is correct. At the time of Lisa's death, she lived in Fond du Lac, Lac, Wisconsin. Sounds interesting. Yeah. It's like fondue. Fondue. Yeah. Wisconsin. So yeah. Very much known for their cheese. Oh yeah. She lived there with her mom, her stepdad, Bruce, and her sibling slash siblings. I don't know if they were all born yet. Okay. Their home was sadly only a half walk away from the man who would eventually kill Lisa. Shitbag. Now, this story didn't start there, though. The man who would eventually be called the Halloween killer... Mm-hmm. A man named Gerald Miles Turner Jr. actually previously rented one side of a duplex that Lisa's family lived in. Okay. Yeah. And he knew the family very well. Lisa actually spent a lot of time with Turner, his girlfriend Arlene, and their infant daughter. So, so they were neighbors and yeah. friendly. Lisa would go hang out and push their baby in their stroller. Okay. Mm-hmm. On Halloween 1973, 
nine-year-old Lisa prepared to go trick-or-treating. She had wanted to be a butterfly, but the weather was a bit chilly. So her mom dressed her up as a hobo. (laughs) So cute. (laughs) Like, so cute. So she, she was rocking a black felt hat, jeans with blue tape on them, and a green parka. And her mom even drew little fake freckles on her cheeks. Hmm. Um, Yeah, she was freaking adorable. Shortly before 6 p.m., Lisa left to go trick-or-treating. Now, back in those days, this was totally normal, so don't freak out, people. Yeah. Her friend, who was supposed to walk with her to this awesome outdoor Halloween block party that the neighbors were putting on down the street. Oh. Um, yeah, super cool, because back in this time, there was a lot of fear of, like, razor blades and stuff being in the Gandhis, so they were trying to, like, protect the kids. Yeah. <clears throat> but the friend was grounded. She had gotten in trouble and got grounded. So Lisa just went by herself. Okay. She, of course, trick-or-treated along the way because any smart kid would. Yeah. Hello, more kids. I mean, you're not going to want to miss out on the... No. uh, No. Exactly. Lisa stopped at two houses for sure. One was a classmate and the other was one of her teachers. She moved right along and stopped at her family friend Gerald Turner's house. Turner's door was wide open. Lisa rang the doorbell, said trick or treat, and walked right in with her bag open. Like they were friends. She knew them. Ready to get some more candy. Mm -hmm. Turner walked up as Lisa was walking in, but Lisa would never leave that house alive. Mm. Okay, so if you don't want to hear the next part, skip forward. You know what's going to happen because it was in the trigger warnings, but yes, Turner lured Lisa into his bedroom, probably telling her the candy was in there. At least I'm guessing that's how he did it. Turner then attacked little Lisa. He violently raped her during which she stopped breathing. But shortly after this, his girlfriend came home. So Turner hid Lisa's lifeless body in the bathroom adjacent to the bedroom. Wow. He put on a robe and waited on the couch for his girlfriend to come inside. He told her he was sick, and it was now around 7.15 p.m. Arlene, his girlfriend, had taken their infant daughter to the same Halloween party that Lisa was supposed to be attending. Mm. During the time Arlene was home, she said Turner had gone to the bedroom to lie down several times that evening. And she didn't go to check on him because he kept coming back out. Um, But she was also only home for about an hour. And she had no clue that her lovely little neighbor that used to come hang out all the time was dead in her bathroom. So she never had to use the bathroom during that time or anything? Nope. Around 8 p.m., Arlene decided to go visit her mom. So Turner took this opportunity to dispose of Lisa and all of her belongings. Mm. Turner put Lisa's body in a trash bag and he put her clothing in a separate trash bag. He had wiped everything down, the zipper of her jacket, like wiped it all down. Anything he touched. Uh Uh-huh. 
and he wore socks on his hands while he was moving everything to avoid the fingerprints. Mm -hmm. He loaded the bags into his vehicle and drove them to Taichita, Wisconsin. Mm. That's that's a name. Taichita. Taichita. Anyway. Um, (laughs) He left her body in a field at a farm located on McCabe Road. Now, by this point, Lisa's mom was extremely worried because Lisa had a 7 p.m. curfew. Oh. And she did not return home. Right. By 10 p.m., there was already a neighborhood search party out looking for her. Yeah. Lisa's body wouldn't be found for days. There were over 5,000 volunteers. People fucking turned out. And I bet he was one of them, wasn't he? Not from what I've read. I have no clue. Now, they had the police, the National Guard, some of Lisa's fellow Girl Scouts. Oh. And 700 block parents, which I had never heard of. Now, from what I read, that's a group of parents who basically are like a safe zone if anybody's ever in trouble. Um, Like if you need help. In Canada, Uh in Canada, they actually would place signs in their yards so that you would know that they were a block parent. Gotcha. So I'm not sure if that's how it worked in the U.S., but I think it's a cool idea, unless hmm. there's creepy people using it. Yeah, I mean, I there's always should, gonna be one. You should have to have a background check to be a block parent. I think. Well, you should have a background check to do anything nowadays. Fuck yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so you have a. You should have one for uh, just having your own child yeah for real jeez so there was a farmer who was returning home around 11 30 a.m on november 3rd 1979 just four days later basically yes he was just riding along on his tractor when he noticed two plastic trash bags stashed behind a barbed wire fence near a wooded area Sadly, what he found was quite possibly the most horrific thing he ever thought could be inside those bags. He found Lisa. Thankful that he found her, though. Yes. Oh. Next part. Doozy. Mm. Autopsy. If you need to fast forward, do it. During her autopsy, the pathologist found that Lisa had not only died from asphyxiation but also circulatory shock from the sexual trauma mm-hmm. that Gerald Turner had forced on her. Right. I can was not, too much for her little heart to take. Yeah, I cannot even imagine finding out that my fucking baby died that way. Yeah. It's, it's just one thing to lose a child. It's another to lose a child in such a horrific... It's awful, yeah. So Lisa's funeral was at the Emmanuel Trinity Lutheran Church on November 6th, 1973. And two days after that, the Chamber of Commerce had put up a reward for the capture of Lisa's murderer in the sum of $10,000. 
yeah that's pretty cool for like you know the town is coming together and doing that I like right that's yeah sounds like small town ish yeah small town America comes together to try and bring justice right and help this little girl and the family yeah I don't think you find that anymore it's very much it's pretty rare nowadays because people just don't want to get involved but like you know a child murderer needs to come get his own justice yeah no doubt now i'm not totally sure how turner became a suspect but i'm going to bet it was just good old-fashioned police work she was walking a specific direction they knew that she went to these two houses his house was probably the next house right so Two neighbors confirmed that she had stopped at their homes. So Turner was actually a suspect early on, like pretty immediately. And the Fond du Lac police spent nine months questioning him over and over again. Why? They just knew. But nine months? Nine months questioning him over and over. They knew that he was responsible. They just had to get him. Mm. They even did a polygraph, which came back inconclusive, and he refused to do a second one. Mm -hmm. The repeated visits to question Turner finally paid off, though. On August 8th, 1974, Turner made a confession. He stated that a year later. Yeah. He stated that he was highly sexually motivated. Quote, that was his quote, highly sexually motivated when he yeah. saw Lisa. Oh, dude. Poor child. He admitted to leading her into his bedroom, undressing her, skip forward if you need to, and forcefully sodomizing her. Turner said that he realized she wasn't breathing, but that he could feel a heartbeat. He told the authorities he tried to revive Lisa, but that his girlfriend showed up. I bet you he didn't. Probably Probably just said that. He probably just tossed her away like trash. Yeah. Now, exactly. Of course, Turner couldn't just confess and maintain his guilt. Of course not. He recanted his confession. Of course he did. It was too late because (laughs) the police had already searched his house. And collected fibers from his bedspread. And they had taken body hair samples from Turner himself. And yes, I know hair is not great, but back then it was. Mm -hmm. These fibers and hair samples were a match to the fibers found on Lisa's body and clothes. He didn't think to like vacuum anything or burn the clothes or anything. That's crazy. Sorry, I have a... A wild cat at my door. Oh, she is meowing quite a bit and trying to beat down my door. Oh, I apologize if you hear anything. I I hear she's, like little. She's scratching. I heard that scratching. She does she, not like the door to be closed. No, <laughs> she's usually outside when we're recording. So I apologize, everybody. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, she uh, loves me. So. They found the fibers and it was a match. So they finally had something. Gerald Turner was arrested 
on August 9th, 1974. Wow. They fucking knew. And on February 4th, 1975, he was finally convicted on the following charges. Second degree murder, enticing a child for, for immoral purposes and acts of sexual perversion. And he was sentenced to 38 years and six months. It's not enough time. It's definitely not enough time. But wait, there's more. Ooh, I like it when you tell me there's more. There's always more. Gerald, it gets bad, but then it gets really good. It'll okay. end on a high note, but we have to go down. I understand. We need to go down into the bowels yeah. of the toilet. So <laughs> Gerald Turner got out on good behavior in October of 1992. What the? Exactly. My feeling is relief. Uh, release obviously sparked a lot of outrage. Um, yeah, understandable. Uh-huh. The people of Wisconsin protested not only were lisa's family and friends outraged by this but the locals in milwaukee were as well because turner was living in a halfway house in milwaukee hmm. um yeah so all of this happening pushed wisconsin lawmakers to create a new law <laughs> this law is called turner's law yeah on nice. May 26th, 1994, Turner's Law was ratified by Wisconsin Governor, Governor Tommy Thompson. What a name. That is. I love this law, and I think more states should use it. If a criminal who is paroled has a substantial probability of committing another crime, they can be detained in a mental institution. I like now, that. Thankfully, Turner's release had already been appealed back in November of 93, the year before this law, under the idea that they had miscalculated his mandatory parole release. Oh. So this law could apply to him now because he's already back in, which is good. Good. Fast forward to January 1998, Turner's parole hearing ruled that he was not a violent sexual predator anymore. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Sure. That's because he wasn't given anybody to, to I know. Do bad There's no little to. baby girls in fucking prison. No. What Ugh. idiots. Yeah. And so he couldn't be held in a mental hospital treatment center under Turner's law. They released him into a halfway home again. In June that same year, he had an incident where he was waving a butcher knife around at his caseworker. Sure. He's ready for society. <clears throat> yeah. Just throw him back in there. Yeah. A psychiatrist had even said he was still dangerous. Even with all of that knowledge, a judge denied the attempt to revoke Turner's parole. What the actual what? fuck? This judge should be removed from That's his seat. insane. So let's fast forward again to 2003. Turner was caught in possession of a ton of porn while still on parole and was subsequently sent back to prison for another 15 years. What kind of porn? I don't know. Doesn't say. But he wasn't supposed to have any porn he, at all. He wasn't allowed to have any material. I was just thinking 
it was probably child porn mostly yeah. but another 15 years so like fuck yeah so now you've probably done all of the math gerald turner was due to be released without any parole or anything in 2018 naturally this sent lisa's mom into mama bear mode which fuck yeah mama mm-hmm. her mom created a petition that gained some serious traction which we signed which we didn't really need to but still we might need to in the future you never fucking know what's going to happen right so she originally only needed 10,000 signatures it took only five days to get those required signatures the petition currently has over 34,000 signatures nice and counting and yes i'm going to post it in our socials if anybody wants to sign that now we all know how these processes take forever of course yes yes. now it wasn't until february of 2022 (sighs) this year that they finally came to a decision was he out in this whole time they were holding him okay in a mental facility Gotcha. During this time, they had moved him from the correctional institution into a hospital. So the judge found probable cause for proceedings to continue in Turner's case. Okay. In a motion filed by Turner's defense, apparently a State Department of Corrections doctor had evaluated Turner and found him to not have any qualifying illnesses and that he wasn't likely to commit further sexually violent offenses. However... That was a corrections doctor. That was not a psychiatrist as far as I could find. The Department of Corrections retained a psychologist who claimed otherwise. Good. Fuck yes. This psychologist said Turner suffers from conditions that may affect his emotional or volitional capacity, making him predisposed to engage in sexually violent um, acts. Okay. Basically saying that he can't control his urges. Right. I mean, clearly. Something could trigger him to do that. The Department of Corrections thought Turner met the Turner's Law criteria, which he should because it was created for him, Mm -hmm. and requested the Department of Justice to file a petition. Now, top this with Lisa's family fighting to keep Turner locked up. I think it's safe to say he is where he belongs. Um, They did not release him. He is in a secure facility that is operated by the Department of Health Services and the state of Wisconsin's Sexually Violent Persons Program. What? They have that program, and I like that program. Now, Turner wrote a letter to Lisa Ann French posthumously appearing to show remorse for what he did probably fake he was pretending i'm sure yeah so this is his letter my dog is going off do you hear that (laughs) yeah (laughs) what the hell rosie rue whatever i love that rosie rue she's such yeah i have a (laughs) love-hate relationship with this one dog (laughs) It's because of that bark. Her bark is I know. Just... It's grating on your nerves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, quote, I doubt that I could ever fully realize the terror you experienced at my hands. I can still see you standing in the doorway with that felt hat beaming at having recognized me. Then I see the delight in your eyes turn to fear as I close the door behind you. Oh. Ugh. Hold on, tears are welling up. Hold, please. This is hard. The rest of my life, I will have to live with what I did to you. On that night, I became a monster. I do swear to you on the forfeiture of my life, I will never harm another child. No, you won't, because you're locked up, mother. Yeah. Now, Turner has suggested that due to him committing the crimes on Halloween, he had received more significance for the crime and his case. Quote, if it had happened on some other day like Valentine's Day, nobody would have gave a damn. I'm pretty sure everyone would, would have cared. whether would have she been was... called the Valentine's Day killer. Well, yeah. But the, the fact of the matter is, he horrifically ended this child's life. Everybody would have fucking and cared. And everyone would have cared. Everyone does care. It doesn't matter what day he destroyed yeah. her life. But this is one of those cases that it's like, you cannot trust anyone with your children. Nope. Not even, well, especially family members, unfortunately, because more often than not, it is It's like 80%, 80% yeah. of all horrific things that happen are by somebody you know yeah and usually someone you think is a loved one yeah and that's the case of the halloween killer um my sources wikipedia obviously investigation discovery um do 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 fdlreporter.com and the petition site.com and I've got the petition link. So nice. Yeah. That is my case. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So anyway. I, I hope her family can find some rest. Yeah. I mean I don't they're, to be quite honest when they're doing everything they can a yeah when you lose a child no matter their age it is it stays it, with you the in grief any stays way. with you just in any yeah. way shape or form mm -hmm. it sticks with you and uh yeah stuff. stuff I can't imagine yeah it's fucked up all right happy October everyone we I love know. this month. I know that case is rough. But anyway, we love you all. Thank you for listening. And until next time, ta ta for now. Thanks for listening to Crime Coffee and Crafts. If you love our podcast, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. This helps us more than you know. If you really love us and want to support us, go to our website at www.crimecoffeeandcrafts.com. From there, you can join our Patreon, shop our merch, and find us on social media.